Greetings, fellow visitors. This is Upgrade Terminal, a monolith fan cast. I'm Malachi. And I'm Nick. Welcome back to the facility. Nick, before we get into things, how was your week? Well, for the most part, my week was not very eventful. Not a lot happened, although uh, one little tidbit I, I did get to enjoy is that my mom has been getting into making homemade bread recently. And That's wonderful. Mm-hmm, she's really getting the technique down. She's getting better at dialing things in, the, all the proportions, all the timings. It's it's quite an involved process, mm-hmm. but for sure. She is really getting it down, and the end result is we have lots of tasty bread, and it's honestly a real delight to have that. Yeah, the end result being lots of tasty bread is always a great end, end result. Mm-hmm. What kind of bread is she making? I think something along the lines of like sort of breadsticks. Oh, okay. Just like small, not too long pieces of bread. I'm I'm not entirely sure if they have a proper name. Just mm-hmm. think breadsticks, but like actually homemade breadsticks, and you're there. That sounds delicious. Did you dip them in anything? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, let what us ab- know what you end up dipping them in. <laughs> I will. What about you? What's your win- week been like? Uh, my week went by really quickly, but also kind of uneventful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing for me right now, I'm wearing a brand new pair of shorts, which might not sound like a big thing, but I have not bought a new pair of shorts in probably at least seven or eight years. <laughs> and, uh, I don't have a lot of shorts to begin with this year. I was like, you know what? I need a nice pair of shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, REI was having a sale in the U S and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I bought myself a nice, like thin and light pair of shorts. It's it's wonderful. I'm very excited to have it for the summer. Should probably buy more than one though. Yeah. I'm not a shorts person myself, but there do come certain points in the year where like this really is the best thing I should have right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm usually a pants guy, but when I can't fight it anymore, when it gets really hot, it's like, all right, I'll break out the shorts. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing some of our headcanons regarding the visitors. And it's really important to note that this is not a debate, right, Nick? Yeah. The The point of this episode is not to come to a conclusion and determine which one of these is the correct interpretation and which ones are mm-hmm. incorrect. This is just, as everything we do in this podcast, it is theories, it is speculation, it is discussion, it is not about arriving to a conclusion that we must defend. Yes. And there's uh, three different common headcanons, if you will, that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. We'll start with the first one, which is basically imagining that Noel and D13 and all the ships have pilots. Yep. Um, One thing that makes Nick and I different and something I've always enjoyed seeing Nick expound upon is the idea that there are pilots piloting Null and D-13. So Nick, this headcanon differs from mine. So I want to ask you, what is compelling to you about imagining that they have pilots? Firstly, is that I guess I just, I just like people in a sense. I like, I like humans. I, 
Mm-hmm. I like, for instance, personification. I like the concept of taking something that is non-human and how would you convey that in a human way? Uh-huh. And for me, sort of the easiest way to apply that to this game would be to say, well, these are if these are ships, well, ships kind of by definition require to be piloted or driven or mm-hmm. navigated by someone, a pilot of some kind. So from there comes this idea of like, well, there's, these are ships with people inside. Mm-hmm. That is sort of, the, the, I mean, to an extent, it is just, this is just what I would like to be true. I think this is a neat idea. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of interpretations, artistic interpretations of what the pilots would look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that's been on the Monolith Discord will probably know that because there are a lot of really cool interpretations pinned mm-hmm. in one of the channels there. So I highly suggest you check that out if you haven't. But is there a specific pilot that uh, that you've spent more time uh, imagining what what they're like or what their interests are, Nick? I know you've written about Noel and D13. I have, yeah. But as a writer, when I'm writing those, I'm kind of taking advantage of the fact that I don't really have to physically describe them. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I am more interested in describing how they feel and how they are interacting with the events as opposed to what do they physically look like. Mm-hmm. That being said, one of my friends, uh, Lilac, or Taylor as you might know them, uh, has come up with certain designs that have been developed over time and have kind of solidified into a a set of designs and Mm -hmm. i tend to go with those because they're they're my friend and i i think they did some really cool designs Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that i will generally default to though again there's no right or wrong interpretation in fact kind of what i like about it is that if you imagine that there is a person inside it inside it you can kind of make anything you want with that because there's no restriction about what they must look like you can put anything you want onto it oh yeah definitely well that's cool that means like lilac's interpretation you've kind of taken their interpretation and made it part of your head canon <laughs> yeah essentially and there is one final point i want to say which mm-hmm. is that Part of the reason why I tend to stick to this idea of them being pilots is because, in a sense, it allows me to sort of think of the actual players in the community, the people who are actually playing the game, as Mm. they are pilots of the ships. They are literally taking the ships through the facility. And sort of, mm, I like to okay. imagine them that way. It's like we're we are all pilots taking our ships down there. Oh, I love that. We're all fellow pilots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that thought. All right. So that's kind of the headcanon that I sort of adhere to. Mm-hmm. Malachi, tell us about what's yours. So for me, um, I I like to imagine them as sentient ships. So in other words, Mm -hmm. ships that have no pilots, they are piloted by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Why? 
I mean, I think, you know, on pause screens, you'll see Noel drinking a cup of coffee, D13, sipping on that orange juice. Um, that probably started me down that road, but I've always been kind of attracted to the idea of sentient ships. And when I was preparing for this episode, Nick, I was actually thinking back, what is it that made me kind of a, attached to this idea of sentient ships? And I came up with two movies. Um, I'm a big movie person. So throughout this podcast, you, you might hear me reference movies every once in a while. Um, but Flubber was a movie I watched when I was a kid. It's not mm -hmm. a super good movie. I did rewatch it. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> it was not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Stars Robin Williams. It's a remake of like an old TV show, I think. And this guy that invents uh, the super bouncy substance. Anyway, the important part of this, though, is that there is a robot that this inventor creates called Weebo. <laughs> And she is just adorable. It's this flying little robot, not necessarily a ship per se. And she's kind of in love with the inventor. And there is a part in the film where, spoilers, she gets hit, she gets destroyed. And as a kid, I totally cried. It destroyed me. But that was kind of uh, my first instance of like viewing this thing. I mean, you just mentioned personification, Nick, which I also mm -hmm. very, I, I really love that. But I, I vividly remember feeling emotions for this little weird looking robot that, you know, was nothing like a human. And I just loved the idea of that stuck with me. And the other movie is uh, called Batteries Not Included. It was actually produced by Steven Spielberg. And huh. yeah, I rewatched this one too. Um, I, I had uh, my, my kids watch it with me because I wanted to see if it, if it really holds up. And they actually mm -hmm. enjoyed it. It does hold up. I didn't remember it being as sad as it is, <laughs> but essentially uh, batteries not included is about this, uh, this old building in New York that's about to be demolished and this couple and all the tenants that live in this building and they kind of pray for help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and these little aliens come down. They're basically ships. They're sentient ships. They, they literally have eyes. Uh -huh. Okay. So think they kind of look like little UFOs with eyes and they're adorable and everyone in the apartment complex becomes friends with them. And then they work together to kind of stop things from getting demolished. Mm -hmm. And they actually save their building and they save the cafe, which I was like, ooh, a coffee link there. <laughs> Lots of little sentient ships drinking coffee, saving cafes. I That was also a movie that just really stuck with me. I loved the little sentient ships. And so I think the love that was fostered from those two films, just I very naturally transferred that onto uh, the ships and monolith. Mm -hmm. And I just really um, enjoy imagining them as, as living little ships. Yeah. So I want to say that coming from the previous episodes where mm -hmm. we discussed enemies and also the ships of our ships, mm -hmm. I get the feeling that, Part of the reason why this appeals to you is just that you find these ships cute and you just want to, you just like, look at this little, these little ships going around. They're adorable. And like, they, they are their own entity. Yes. Yes. I like imagining them as their own entity. That's a good way to say it. And they also make really cute noises. You know, <laughs> I mean, the Nolan D13, they have little like, mew, mew. Or like the, ew, when they get hit. Great, great sounds. And the sound of them exploding when they die. All that too. <laughs> I've definitely heard that sound a lot. 
Yeah, likewise. Yeah. There is one more idea that you mm -hmm. in particular wanted to discuss as to what is the nature of the ships? What yeah, was this, this was an idea that I've seen discussed many, many times on the Discord. But, um, you know, if they are sentient ships, then how, how big are they? Um, so this is speculation and, like, not a literal measuring of dimensions. It, this is just, like, a part of my headcanon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not important necessarily, but I do like to imagine them as being, like, like relative to me, they, they would be like the size of almost like a cat, I guess, <laughs> you know, like hmm. I could go, I could go, I could go hiking in the mountains and, and, uh, Nolan D13 would be like flying around me and like scouting ahead on the trail. That's kind of how I imagine them. Um, in a, I, uh, in a, like a pet size where I can interact with them, I guess. I think it says a lot about how vivid your imagination is that I fully believe that you go out walking into the forest <laughs> and you imagine these two ships scouting ahead of you in your mind. I have literally done that. And you know, this is a monolith fan cast. If I'm not going to admit this here, then where, right? <laughs> That's a fair point. There is also a third idea that kind of combines our two positions somewhat, which is this notion that the ships that we play as in the game they are mm -hmm. sentient ships. However, perhaps they used to be pilots before. Yes. This was a really interesting concept that I saw mentioned recently on the Discord server, and I had not considered this before. Um, a, a user named Agod mentioned it. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, this the way they were looking at this is that the secret ending dialogue is dialogue from back when Noel and D13 were pilots mm -hmm. and their souls were later put into the ships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the end of Monolith, you can see uh, both D13 and Noel's, the ships kind of dissolve. Yeah, and their souls rise up into the sky, right? So mm -hmm. they definitely do have souls. Um, this, what, this wasn't a headcanon that I was super familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I think that I want to keep discussing it more with uh, Agod and other users that maybe have this headcanon so I can learn more about it and maybe we can revisit it in the future. But I just found that really compelling. Well, the other thing that I, I think is relevant to this idea is the fact that, for instance, in the hub, we do encounter other enemies and they do also have personalities of their own. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the blaster and the sentry, and it, the game kind of makes it pretty. I uh, suggests heavily that all of these monsters were once souls, then transformed into these creatures in the facility. So, I don't think it is so far fetched an idea that well, if Nolan D thirteen also have these personalities of their own, mm -hmm. then they must also have souls of their own that once belonged to someone. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would agree with that. Nick, besides Monolith, what else have you been playing lately? So there's kind of been two or three games that have my attention right now. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try and be brief about them. Uh, one of them is Cluster Truck which is essentially a first-person platformer 
pretty simple. Here's the start of the level. Here's the end of the level. Get from here to there. The big, <laughs> the big gimmick of this is that the only platforms you're allowed to touch are essentially moving trucks. <laughs> and the tr oh, I think I've seen this before. Yeah, and the trucks just are not very good drivers because they will just crash into each other into walls, and it is such an absurd premise. And I absolutely adore it. it. It's it's delightful. I highly recommend it. Is it the, an arcade game? Or are you just kind of like score chasing? It's score chasing more like s s uh, clearing it as fast as you can. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's no story? There's no campaign no. mode? <laughs> no. It's, it's just here's 90 levels. Beat them as best as you can. Okay. Cool. The... Next one is a game called Bloons Tower Defense 6. It is a tower defense game. Mm -hmm. You basically just control a whole bunch of monkeys with different tools to just pop balloons. That is the entire premise of the game. It's just it's a tower defense game where you the, your towers are monkeys and the enemies are balloons and that's it's monkeys it. versus balloons. Yeah. I like it because it has the right level of complexity for me. I mm. like that it is colorful and just silly in its premise. It's got a lot of personality and charm. And best of all, it is easy to play co-op in it, which I really do appreciate. Oh, I need wow. my friends to play co-op with, please. A, a, a co-op tower defense game? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I really want more people to play it with because it's so cool. I've definitely seen people playing that game. Mm -hmm. I'll have to check it out. I didn't know it was monkeys versus balloons, though. I knew there were balloons, but I didn't know about the monkeys. It's oh yeah, I'll I'll show it to you later. You'll you'll see. The monkeys are more intriguing to me than balloons. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. I'll wait until I show you the hero monkeys. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, a game that I've not necessarily played a lot, but it certainly th meant a lot to me is a game called Thumper. Mm. Thumper describes itself as rhythm violence, mm. which is not too far off. It is a rhythm game, but it is very unlike rhythm games. I find it very hard to put into words what Thumper is. Mm -hmm. It's very abstract. It's decidedly not interested in pop music or cheery music. And it is almost designed to try and make you feel anxious and stressed by design. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it is very intense. It is, it is also minimal on story, but the presentation is so unique and unlike anything else. So every time I play it, I feel like exhausted and tired and so happy with it i've seen you stream this game and i've seen a lot about this game i haven't played it yet i, I should get into it but even Oof. though i've never played it myself the the vibe that you talk about i i know that feeling i i i'll never forget it even just watching the game i would describe it as like intergalactic beetle uh <laughs> travels down space highway yeah, while fighting uh, interdimensional demons. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I prefer to call it rhythm hell because that yeah. kind of feels like you're there. Yes, but it's right. oh, but it's very 
the sounds and, and music in it are all very satisfying at the same time. So, yeah. Okay. I'll, I promise I'll keep it myself short. There you go. So Malachi, what have you been playing? I, uh, like millions of other people around the world have been playing Zelda tears of the kingdom when I get home and I'm not too tired at night. So I haven't gotten very far in it at all. Um, tears of the kingdom has kind of made me think back on you know what i liked about breath of the wild i usually don't like open world games they i find them actually really stressful um and breath of the wild was a breath of fresh air pun intended that kind of <laughs> helped me learn to not let that stress me out you know not think about the quest not think about the collecting and just try to enjoy the the atmosphere in the game and i think tears of the kingdom i'm i'm doing that again trying not to worry about what i'm supposed to be doing or where i'm going i just turn it on and kind of enjoy the vibes um and i realized like i just kind of like fake nature sometimes it's i like going out in nature for real but at night and when i'm tired it's nice to be able to just kind of step into uh, a little forest and i can hear the wind and birds and you know shoot a squirrel with my bow and arrow and not have to actually go out um, so it is all mm -hmm. the joy and discovery and delight of nature from the comfort and safety of your own home exactly and it's really you know the the music is very subtle and so there's just a stronger emphasis in my opinion on the sounds of the world and what's going on around you and that ambiance is really one of my favorite things about the game so really enjoying that i noticed though i realized when i started playing this that after i played breath of the wild and i moved away from it i beat it um my work phone uh, i downloaded the item get sound in breath mm -hmm. of, from breath of the wild that doo -doo 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 -doo, and mm -hmm. set that as my text alert sound so when i get a text from uh from anybody at work i hear that sound and now playing tears of the kingdom it's the same sound and it's really <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite of that peaceful ambiance i was just saying i my suggestion to everyone would be don't put uh, video game sounds as your text alerts. It doesn't it doesn't end up being good, especially on your work phone. <laughs> if you go to open up, it just, oh, it's another work email. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about some of the music we've been listening to. Uh, I... I'm, I want to sort of highlight someone that I think might not be very well known. It is a someone who goes by the name of Stuart Brown. You might know them as Ahoy or Xbox Ahoy was their old, hand, old handle. Now, yeah. weirdly enough, this is a person who mainly is known for making documentaries on YouTube, video essays, I, or what they call it now. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that the soundtrack to those videos, he does all the music himself oh, and cool. then releases it separately on Bandcamp. And mm. I feel like he makes some excellent soundtracks, like very interesting, and I like the vibe, and I can just get lost listening to them. And he has a lot of material, but I want to specifically highlight his newest album called Four Bite Burger. It's about half an hour long, five seconds. A lot of synths and keyboards. Definitely mm. trying to have a bit of an 80s vibe in there. I like synths. Mm, well, you're, you might like this. 
So yeah, the I feel like he, this he deserves a lot of recognition, not just for the fantastic work he does in documentaries, but also his music making abilities. It's really quite a delight to listen to. Awesome, Stuart Brown. So the album is Four Bite Burger. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Very cool. I will check that out. Thank you, Nick. And what about you, Malachi? What has been delighting your ears? Well, I am currently uh, listening a lot to this band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> it's a very fun band name to say, but they're also incredibly talented musicians. Um, they're from Australia. They, they're incredibly prolific. They've released uh, over a dozen albums at this point. Um, they average like two a year for a few years. Um, and they just do all sorts of different genres. But they have a new single that came out from their upcoming album called... I don't remember what the album is called, actually. But the song is called Gila Monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, if you'll indulge me, I have to read just a of couple course. lines of the lyrics. Because this is it's kind of a metal song. And the <laughs> lyrics... If you know me, you'll know why I like this. But it it says, Anon, a giant monster roams, creature of magic, not of home. He didst gobble each hag he found, screams didst echo, a chilling sound. With every Wiccan he will devour, he'll grow in strength and size and power. And then later on, my favorite line is, So beware, ye witches fair, lest thee be spied by dragon glare. There's just a lot of fun little rhymes about this uh, Gila monster that eats witches. And... Uh, it's very much, if you watch the music video, it's very much like a, almost like a song about a D&D campaign. It's really, really good stuff. Highly recommend everybody check it out. Yeah, I can see why you enjoy this kind of music. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's epic storytelling in a musical form. So, Your favorite. Yeah. But thanks so much for listening to our Monolith Fancast. And thank you again to... Ark of Dream, a.k.a. Garoslar, for allowing Les to use his music and sound effects in this podcast. Be sure to check out both of his monolith soundtracks on Bandcamp, both for the base game and the Relics of the Past DLC. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, you can reach out to us on our Discord server. We'll post the server link in the show description. There you'll find fellow pilots to talk with and discuss the show. Thanks for listening. We'll hope you'll join us next time. This is what you came for, isn't it? So be it.